guys we're so sorry wow like we ended up taking a like very long unintended break and we're sorry we're back episode 78 but man i feel bad i do yeah Alex feels no remorse. No. No? <laughs> yeah. It's been um, unexpectedly sort of busy. It's kind of funny when... So we've been wedding planning predominantly. Absence like doing makes the heart grow fonder. Sometimes. Sometimes absence can be very <laughs> confirming. <laughs> Hopefully that's not the case for people who listen to us. But yeah. We uh, have a wedding coming up. And I think it's kind of ironic that we are... <sighs> whatever the opposite of bridezillas, that's probably us. Just sort of like, not, I wouldn't say like apathetic. That's not the right word, but kind of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Not super hung up on details. That's not us. Don't really care what flowers there are. I'd say like we get, <laughs> we turn into bridezilla. I don't even like that. I don't want to say we're that. It's like we just get in a bad mood when we have to make a decision. It's not really, we don't get annoyed when things don't go our way. It's like when we have to decide which way we want it to go, that's when we get annoyed. Yeah. Actually, I will say this whole experience has been, <coughs> I guess, confirmed the fact that per maybe perhaps a wedding planner would have been a good idea. No? I don't know. I haven't, I just, it doesn't, it hasn't been that bad. There were some bad moments and I guess it sort of coincided with like some busy work stuff, but it was like, I, if I have to make one more decision, it's a decision and it's getting a hold. It's a lot of moving parts. I will say like, we're doing the wedding in Fernie, British Columbia, one of our favorite places. And Fernie, it's kind of like I, people are like on Island time. It's like Fernie time, which just means you're like, Hello hello <laughs> did you get my email yeah it's a lot of that we actually had to i'm gonna i'm gonna coin the phrase mountain time i mean that's accurate we had to to can our cancel our our florist for that reason and i felt kind of bad but at the same time i'm like look like we're three weeks out i don't have a contract i have no idea how much you're gonna charge and as as like low stress as i am typically i can't handle that mostly it's like i don't want to i don't want to be <clears throat> one week away and it's like oh surprise your flowers are gonna be three thousand dollars absolutely not yeah i mean i didn't really <laughs> want flowers anyway so i mean you have to do some but like you don't have to do anything my sister is gonna <laughs> do them now and i guess apparently because we have a business number in alberta we can also be a wholesaler for flowers like we have a wholesale flower account so that's us now tactic i guess for flowers events. For corporate events or yeah probably so they like have that it's pretty convenient but like it's been pretty smooth i guess there's yeah you're right it is kind of just like making decisions even like picking the music and i love music but it's like ugh. why can't someone just read my mind or look at my spotify playlist and like do this for me that would be the best yeah but the, the there have been a few decisions that have had to be made about like the flow, which have been probably the most difficult given well, that we're not, a, well, we're same sex. So it, it's, it's not as like built in the flow for us as unless one like, of us were to assume one role and the other to assume the other role, which we're not really. No. So we have to figure out a way that works. Yeah. That's kind of the, the good still thing. Gonna in the be, you are, I'm going to take you as my bride. Oh, are you? <laughs> but you are also taking me as your bride. I actually don't like the word bride. Oh. Yeah. Is it worse or better than lesbian? Uh, How about if better. I called you a lesbian bride? It's just like an... Ew. <laughs> That's really bad. That it's like... That made my skin crawl, actually. <laughs> That's like... I don't know. That's something for like... <laughs> Yeah, no. It's so, like, <laughs> it's so outdated, Um, that word. I don't think lesbian is outdated. It's just misunderstood. 
the i don't think it is i think it it just you have a problem with it i think funny it's funny you read about these words and because last week i posted something about the word like i find the greeting like hey ladies i i find that to be from like from from some people it doesn't bother me but from like from other people and generally like randoms it does bother me and then like hey girls bothers me 100 percent of the time so anyways i was put trying to put my finger on why that was and i was doing some reading on those particular phrases and there's like this push and it's the same they're like we're gonna take back the word ladies and it's the, you read the same thing about the word lesbian you just have to you know, take ownership of it and take it back. So it doesn't, it's not so offensive, yeah. but it's like, I don't want that word back. Like you just keep that word. I don't like it. Like fundamentally don't like it because of the way it sounds. <laughs> I don't want it back. Ladies, I'd like to have that back, but I was about to say that when, when do you, you hear a couple males or a few males called gentlemen, but in fact, just yesterday, when I crossed the finish line for a team trail race with my two partners who were both male, the woman said, congratulations, gentlemen. <laughs> that, as soon as she said that, I like me, <laughs> Kelly, Ricky, we just kind of looked at each other and I was just like, I mean, at this point she has to expect it. It happens. It's, it's actually uncanny how often you get misgendered. But really, like, it's definitely way worse when I'm wearing a hat. Yeah. And just like and no sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. You do look like a very fast ultra running male. Yeah. yeah. I do have that body type. But like, but why do we have to gender people anyways? Like, this is my big and that thing opens with. a whole nother can of worms. But to my point, I guess they do call groups of men gentlemen. They do. And that's kind of when when you're referring to women as ladies, if you're doing it in the same context as you would if you're referring to gentle, like men as gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it is a formal greeting. Um, but a lot of times it's used in a situation where gentlemen would not be used. And it is followed by some like sort of patriarchal bullshit. May, I think it's because when, if you were to call somebody two men, like, Hey guys. Yeah. I mean, we still get that too. I don't get bothered by the word guys. I know that there is a push to get rid of it, um, which is also fine. I think, I personally don't have a problem with the words ladies or girls, but that's me. Um, but I think if there were something that was equivalent to guys for girls, yeah, that isn't girls or isn't ladies, then maybe that would be, but there isn't. So why don't you just let it go? I don't know because I don't want to, because it, there are certain phrases and things that like subconsciously keep women in like, I don't know, submissive, lesser than roles. Like when you're in a professional setting, a group of women should never be called girls. No, they are. I agree with that. But it ha still happens. Mm -hmm. and Ladies, though, <laughs> in a professional setting. What if like, and this is my point. What if you just didn't like, you don't have to say, hey, ladies, hey, gentlemen, hey, guys. You can just say, hey. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi. Okay, so let's get back to it, though. What's wrong with bride? I just think it's sort of an old... Like, it, it. bride comes with all this, like, like possessive baggage. Like, you're bride. It's like there's, there's possessive to that word. Okay. And the... A lot of the, the traditions in weddings are based in transfer of... <laughs> Property. Ownership. Ownership. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the father walking the bride down to give her away to the new man in her life. Like, mm, no, um, that even the, so, well, we'll get to the first dance, but even the first dance is very much rooted in, um, you know, you're, you're dancing with your new husband and it's such an honor to do so, that kind of thing. Um, so a lot of the, the traditions and, and this is absolutely nothing wrong if you include traditions, like it doesn't mean the same thing to different people, to, to different people. Like it might just be that you want your dad to walk you down the aisle. Totally fine. Even gay couples, totally fine. But <clears throat> you know, for me and for us, there's, there are all these rules and with gay weddings, I don't like the word rule. I like the word tradition. Tradition. Yeah. 
but with with gay weddings which are like inherently non-traditional because they were illegal like until kind of recently in modern history there's there aren't really those traditions they don't serve the same purpose and so it's like you're you kind of have this blank slate well then it's like if you do if you do want (laughs) to fall into the traditional roles how do you even do that well i just think you have to like you as a couple or yeah so it's like if if i if you were the bride then i would have to assume the groom role i guess you you would have to assume like different roles in order to fit yeah because who's and that's also fine some couples do that yeah um but for us that just doesn't work because i would consider us uh, i just i don't want to say this wrong way but like equal yeah why is that like why does somebody have to be given away to another person yeah for us i just don't see that yeah i don't know the whole wedding thing is kind of weird it certainly has brought a lot up um generally but i guess that's just kind of how weddings work even if you would consider yourself like fairly low drama people for sure they just bring up things but um yeah so working through that we're not going to be, we're not going to process down the aisle in a traditional way. We're going to process down the aisle on our hands. Right. <laughs> With our skirts. <laughs> Just super CrossFit style. Oh gosh, please don't. I'm going to runway walk it. Are you? Yeah. I like that. Um, Ivy's not involved. I've had a few people ask that question. What, what I should do is I'll run walk, like runway walk it. Yeah. Like strut. And then you can pretend you're the photographer and you're like kind of like moving around me taking photos. How about that idea? <laughs> well, that's going to be awkward because we're, we are going to have a photographer. Oh, but the photographer could t- be taking photos of you pretending to take photos of oh. me catwalking. He takes real photos of me taking fake photos. Yeah. That's very meta. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't give it, a, it. Give it some thought. I'm going to let that one simmer. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Ivy's not involved. Some people ask me that because I was like dancing with her and they're like oh is she gonna be a ring bearer she's not we're doing the wedding outside at the top of a mountain in the Rockies so like the risk of eagles is quite significant and really nothing would ruin a wedding day quicker than like your (laughs) beloved cat getting snatched up by a bird of prey yeah I mean also she's never been outside so yeah that would be kind of a high pressure situation for her to be outside for the first time I feel like she wouldn't be able to appreciate the moment as much as she like really should because she'd be so like in awe of the outdoors. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So we just, we don't want to like, we don't want her to know how awesome it, it is outside. She thinks it's awesome inside. Yeah. And we just want to keep it that way. safe inside. <laughs> yeah. We're very protective. Yeah. Yep. Um, we've been back and forth on the first dance, whether we're doing it, we're not doing it. Again, I had to like at one point convince myself like, no, it's too patriarchal. We're not doing it because that's it's easier for me to like <laughs> mentally go there and have a like a reason, like an, a, a moral, ethical reason for not doing it rather than just admitting like I'm actually not good at all at dancing and also don't really like attention on me. When you're bad at things specifically. Yeah. So anyways, I think the, the first dance is what I'm most nervous about of anything because I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. We did practice. That was, it was, it made me even more stressed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was joking. I don't think you realized I was joking. Yeah. Cause you made me feel bad. Yeah. Cause I was like slinging you around (laughs) in a box step. We're not going to box step on our first dance. Okay. I mean, there's a problem with that. And that is, I don't really know what a box step is. So we also like, we didn't even know how to hold each other. I did. I was like, what about this? And we're like, that's too close. Well, you so just, you were you doing like, like, you were doing like hands on shoulders, no, no, no. seventh grade dancing no, that's with your what, crush. You went for the middle school dance. Let's just hug. And, and then I was like, no, you want, you give me one hand. And then the other hand goes around the back or on the shoulder. And that's how you dance. Okay. Yeah. So Meredith is, is also the groom and the dance instructor. I'm not. And I'm like, I know I say that, but like really all I know is like how to set up for dancing. And that's where my knowledge of dancing is. But I feel like if we just hugged and swayed, (laughs) I do not want to do the hug and sway (laughs) and we're coming down to it. We are, we are two, we are 13 days away. Yeah. And, but we did, we have hired a dance instructor. Have and we? it's one of my friend's daughters. Right. 
Yeah, she's I, 13. I think she's 14. Oh, okay. That makes a difference. Yeah, thir- the 13 to But 14. she is a good dancer. Okay. And I think she's going to do research on how to teach us how to dance for what we need. That's good. That's good. When are we seeing her? I don't know. Next week. <laughs> okay. Just fit it in with everything else. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, that's that's a long way to say that's sort of what we've been up to this summer along with keeping on top of video content, going to Vancouver, buying a house and just generally being a bit busier than normal. Yeah, summer. enjoying summer. Like we're not sitting around ever. We go out and bike ride. That's still been running. Did a trail run yesterday, as I said. <coughs> Meredith is going to do a little local competition next weekend. We're still keeping active and like prioritizing the things that we like to do. Yeah. So a couple of things have fallen to the wayside, but it's summer. You know, we get a very it. short s- summer. So instead of sitting around podcasting, we go out for bike rides and things like that. Except right now when we are sitting around podcasting, but it's kind of drizzling. Yeah. And we already went for a bike ride. True story. Anyways, um, we're going to get into sort of the, the meat. <laughs> this is not a meatless sandwich. <laughs> You remember that episode that we did, the meatless sandwich? Yeah, that was a great analogy. But like meatless sandwiches are delicious. So this is going to be another delicious sandwich, I hope, but it's going to have some meat. We have uh, (laughs) amassed quite a following on the interwebs, which we already know because we did a podcast episode on that. Um, But we're kind of, we're getting um, some new clients, which is awesome. We're getting into some new audiences. Awesome. And we're getting to, like, I I feel like before we sort of made it to the one, I think we're at like 153,000 followers. Before that, like before June, we were around (coughs) to like 20,000. But I feel like those 20,000 followers were quite curated. Like they they know what we're about. They've been following for a long time. So people who signed up via like, oh, I follow you on Instagram, have a really good understanding of what we do and our messaging and kind of um, what our, our program and services are. And this new, like the new batch of, of clients signing up, coming in from Instagram, again, like awesome to work with, with uh, like all kinds of people, but they aren't quite as up to speed on, on what we do and how we do it. Even though I think people sign up because they're like, Oh my God, this like messaging is amazing. And thank you. The (laughs) stop. The, um, the interesting thing is we're getting, it's kind of like when we first started four years ago, we're working with, with clients who are, there's a lot of excitement, not a lot of understanding about us. And so we're getting to re sort of experience that type of client again and what it's like to work with a person like that. But through the lens of like, we have way more experience than we did at that time. And it's been pretty interesting pretty cool because i like i think we're just i think we're having an impact just already with the messaging on the instagram and then once we can get those people to sign up for coaching and you're actually working with them one-on-one and there's like (coughs) daily weekly contact um it's it's pretty neat to see people change yeah and i don't know if you're a, a listener there's we talked about the people who are like getting on a bucking Bronco and we are absolutely getting on some bucking Broncos where they let you get on and, and then they instantly try to buck you off. And I think that is a result of kind of what you said. I think our, a lot of our 20,000 followers, they were curated, but they also came out of kind of the CrossFit space, Mm, which is, CrossFit is rooted in functional fitness, which is like foundational, the, the basics, like basic movements that you use in life, like squatting, deadlifting, picking things up, moving well, focusing on like performance. Um, and we've moved, a lot of our new following is kind of diet culture people. It's like yeah. people who are like very interested in changing their lives via diet, kind of have tried everything, still trying different things. And they've stumbled upon us and they love it because it's like, what? This is, this is so refreshing. It's like all of the diets that I've done haven't worked. This is so, it's like, I feel like I can do this. It seems so simple, which it is. Yeah. 
And I think the fact that it's new, even though it's not, it, it's new in that it's an approach. It's still considered an approach, but it's not extreme, I guess. It's not, it's not like what they, 10 they out know. Of 10 hard. It's not what they know. It's not, it's not keto. It's not Weight Watchers. It's not Atkins. It's not a meal plan. It's not elimination based. Yeah. It's like you can accept what your body looks like and what it does, but you can still focus on improving your health. And with that, lose weight, achieve long-term health and vitality, find balance, improve your relationship with food. So it's very attractive to people. And we're seeing this in, in our comments and our DMs and people who sign up, they're like, this is, this is kind of renewed my motivation to try something. I feel positive about actually making a change. And that to me is one of the best things that you could hear as a coach is like, I'm a highly made motivated individual coming on who's tried everything and is almost done is going to try this last thing, last ditch effort. And what is very interesting is as much as they understand that this is new and they've tried the old and it hasn't worked after a couple weeks, they start questioning what we're doing because it's not what they know. Cause they're like, this isn't, hard enough this isn't you know should i be eating this and i say yeah you can have that you can have wine you can have ice cream like in moderation let's figure this out and it's like well how can i do this or i you know i'm failing i had a burger last night or i only lost one pound this week like what the f like i tried so hard i almost only lost one pound and i'm like one pound is really effing good and it's really hard to in the moment get those people to remember like hey you've already tried all that other stuff yeah you've lost five pounds in a week doing whatever diet and you gained it back like we're trying something different and some people you have success with and some people you don't because it's like they don't and it's still it's simple and maybe they sign up knowing like wow that's so simple but simple doesn't mean easy for everybody at least not starting out no and i think that's like there's this whole thing with, with people and, and motivation and, and striving. Like people want to know that if they put in like a high amount of effort, that it's going to yield results. And that's kind of, I think why people get stuck, like sucked into these, um, really difficult ways of eating because yeah, like it's really difficult to do the South beach diet or it's, it's really difficult to, uh, do whole 30 or like, keto or cleanses or whatever it's really hard to do that but there is an immediate change like there's usually an immediate reduction in weight um there's the placebo effect of like oh i feel so much better after you know whatever and maybe like there's maybe with whole 30 yeah you're probably going to feel better because your your diet patterns improving and but and you feel the you feel the results immediately and you usually see them but it's fleeting because it's such a difficult thing to sustain like like not unless you have like serious allergies or health problems that necessitate a really restricted diet it's hard to for there to be enough incentive to eat that way forever so most people can't and that's why you see people fall off of uh whole 30 most people can't stick with ketogenic cleanses are obviously impossible to stick with like it's just there's no sustainability but then what that means is for a for a person like that who's like i only want to work hard if i know it's going to work it gets them in this this mental space with us and with a, an actual like a nutrition program or intervention that will actually work where they have to be okay with this like in between this unknown and like you have to be basically it means you're going to have to it's not going to be as hard as as what you've done in the past because what we do is not even close to as as restrictive it's not really restrictive at all but definitely not as restrictive as ketogenic whole 30 south peach any of those like big name diets because it's not really a diet but um it is going to be harder than just like free feeding so it's like there's going to be some effort and then that means that you're going to have to be okay with there being effort and not like immediate dramatic results and so getting people to be okay with that in between time the unknown but like, is what I'm going to, is what I'm doing going to work? What's not working right now? How do I know it's not going to work like in the future? Um, 
How do I know it's going to work? Or how do I know it's going to work yeah. in the future? It's not working now. What proof do I have that it's going to? What if it doesn't? What if I fail? Mm-hmm. Like, what if I just waste my time? Um, that's a scary thing for a lot of people to not have a guarantee because if they don't have a guarantee for a lot of people, if you don't have a guarantee that what you're going to do is going to work, it's very difficult to get up the motivation to continue to do it when there's like this thing that like, Hey, you know what also doesn't yield immediate results, just eating what I want, but that's guaranteed not to work ever. Whereas like just put in a little effort and then delay your expectation of results for, I don't know, call it 90 days. I think that's a pretty good window of time work for 90 days with no expectations of results and see what kind of results you end up with. Yeah. And 90 days for some people can be like just really figuring out what you actually need to do to yield results. <laughs> like just because you haven't made progress in three months doesn't mean you can't make progress in the next three months. Mm-hmm. Like that's not time wasted. If you're doing the program and having talks and working through and trying different things and, 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 having moments where you're like okay what what what's my why here like why don't I feel good what makes me not feel good what worked on a few of the days how can I start making those days more frequent yeah because sometimes it takes it takes 90 days it takes three months to like even be able to begin yeah like it takes it takes three months to figure out what it is you're trying to do how you're going to be able to do it but without that three months You'll never be able to actually do something consistently for the next three months to even start to see results that you're going to be able to keep. Yeah. So to, to back up that <laughs> claim, we used to have a three month membership. We had it a couple years ago. Uh, it was a January 1st deal. We yeah, did. we usually, we did it. We've done it last two years. Yeah. And so it was like 10% off three months up front. Yeah. And, and then we just kept the three months on our website, but it was, it went for full price. So you're basically paying the same per month, but you pay in advance for three months. Mm -hmm. And that was very popular for people, which Mm -hmm. was surprising um, because our cancellation policy is cancel within three days before you're billed again. So we don't want you to be part of the program if you don't want to be part of the program. We don't do this like you have to sign up for 30 days or 60 days or 90 days. Like um, you you can cancel when you want. Like we only want you if... Yeah, we don't want to like... Like clients who it's not going to be a good fit for everyone. And we want that client to be able to like see themselves out. Yeah. So there's an out if you purchase monthly. Mm -hmm. So if it's the same price, I don't know why you would buy three months. I think people like the three months because it's a commitment to themselves. It's like, okay, okay, Susie, like you're going to sign up for three months so that you stick to this. You're paying up front. So you do this. Money is very motivating. And we also know this because we've, you know, done giveaways and free memberships and those never, ever, ever work. (laughs) Anyway. I would say that the people who do the three month memberships, probably it's 50, 50 who renew. Yeah. If you pay monthly, I would say 85% of the people (coughs) last for longer than three months. Yep. And I think it's because at that three month mark, they look back and 90 days is like, it's like pulling an ice cube out of the freezer and waiting 30 seconds. Not that much is going to happen. No, it's like, I think the better way to put that is increasing the temperature of an ice cube from minus 10 degrees Celsius to zero degrees Celsius. There's not going to be any phase change for the ice cube. It's not going to, at that point, become water at any point during that increase in temperature. But once you get to zero and you start increasing past zero, now you have a phase change. But if you don't, like... If, if you never get from ne- like minus 10 to zero, then you never have the phase change. It's the buy-in. Yeah. And the next three months might be, you know, you go from zero degrees to two degrees or three degrees where you actually start seeing the results. But I think the problem with the three month membership was that was at that three month mark when the coach said, Hey, your membership is up. How are you feeling about continuing? Or like, how can I set you up for success on your own? that's the moment where they can look back on the three months and be like, you know what? This isn't working. Yeah. Like I, I don't see results. It's like, it's, you have to stop and think rather than the month to month. It's like, Hey, this month's really good. I'm, I'm seeing progress month to month. Let's see what another month does. Or they don't even see it. It's like they lose sight of how much, how long they've been doing it for. 
it's like that marker is gone and it's just like full speed ahead. Focus on the next month. Yeah. Um, they're just in it regardless. There's not that. Okay. Now I'm faced with the decision of whether to continue or not. And really there shouldn't be a decision. It's like, I'm going to continue with this coach or I'm going to continue on my own. Yeah. And we hope that most people feel comfortable enough to actually continue on their own. But I think unfortunately for some people, it's like three months maybe isn't quite enough to start seeing the physical results. So it's like, all right, I'm going to maybe go back and try keto. Yeah. Or it just, I think like you said, it creates too much of a end goal. Like it's, <coughs> it's a, a rather than monthly and, and, and committed indefinitely, it's like, oh, I'm doing a three month program, you know? And it's, so it creates this arbitrary end goal, which uh, for some people who, who are very self-motivated, who come in and they kind of just get it, which that definitely happens. Yeah, for sure. You can see a lot of results in three months. That happens all the time. But for someone who's like new or having to like, you know, they're trying to break out of kind of old diet patterns, um, diet culture bullshit, that three first three months is going to be a lot of unlearning. And in that during that period of time, um, you know, while there can be some progress, small progress, most of the time it's not like, I wouldn't call it like dramatic progress, but like if you can get people to buy into that, the mindset change in that three months can actually mm -hmm. be quite amazing. And then, you know, hopefully, and it, again, this happens all the time. You just, people get really excited for, I can't believe I'm, I'm feeling this much better mentally, like around food. It's just, it's like the, the, the shackles come off and like mentally there's a lot of freedom there. Like there can be a lot of freedom around food and in food situations and social eating situations that maybe the person has never experienced before. And even though you're kind of working through some of the speed bumps still, they're not like, obviously, you know, fat isn't melting off of their body, but I think mentally you can start to feel a lot lighter and more nimble in situations. And then that's really empowering. And you combine that with, with kind of learned structure over, you know, a three, six, nine month period of time. And then you can start to see pretty, amazing progress occur yeah and oftentimes or we will say that improving your relationship with food is often the prerequisite to long-term health and wellness and weight loss yeah so oh yeah you have to have health first and I think that's something that we see is as, as athletes for sure but then with people we're just working with people the problem with uh, the problem there's so many problems with super restrictive diets but if a person's chasing an aesthetic and they ignore like the health that, that really is at the bottom of the pyramid, it's, it's always going to be fleeting. And so that's, that's one of the problems with, with kind of hardcore dieting is it, they can, it can neglect health. Like I think anyone with a brain can look at the, the carnivore diet or even ketogenic and go like, that's a, that's problematic for health long-term. And you can probably get away with it for a period of time, but that will catch up with you for sure. Yep. You also have people, we've also had a few people come in say and say things like, I just, I don't know. I just, I think I need a more of a challenge or yeah. this is, I can't believe how easy this is. And I don't want people who are struggling to feel bad because everyone is different. Everyone starts somewhere and some people do struggle, but there are people, and it's funny, there are some people who, come in and say this is too easy but they still aren't really doing it yeah you know and so I think that that kind of goes back it's like it's not what they expect yeah and it, it it's almost like oh this should feel harder this should be so hard that I have to go like above and beyond each day to accomplish this that because it's not hard <laughs> enough it's like the effort to do it isn't quite there yeah well I think if it's not I think probably the word that really they should be using is engaging mm -hmm. that's good that's a good yeah the thing about if you're only a person who has ever um really dieted or followed a nutrition program as part of a challenge or you know a specified period of time whole 30 is a really great example of it um because that that kind of comes with a here we're going to do this for 30 days you know, or 75 hard is kind of the new one that incorporates some exercise and other bullshit. Um, if the only way you've ever experienced nutrition is through programs like that, challenges, things that are hard, when it's not hard, it can sometimes not be engaging enough to like, to, to 
to get the motivation that like initiating motivation, the motivation to like, Hey, I'm going to do this where it's like, if you just like, no, I just want you to eat like a normal person. We're just going to make this fit into your life. You know, you're a a busy parent. You have two kids, you work a full-time job, you work out 30 to 60 minutes a day. We want, we want nutrition to fit into your life. And they're like, well, what, you know? And it's, it's not, it's like, it doesn't necess- it doesn't feel hard enough to real to, to engage mm-hmm. for some that's people. That's a good way of I thinking think about it. That's probably what it is. Yeah. And what we say is, well, nutrition shouldn't be something that is a challenge. It should be something that provides a foundation to do other challenging things. Yeah. We like don't in your career mm-hmm. or in your fitness goals. Like it should be I think always for most people, nutrition is going to be something that requires an effort. I mean, even for people like us who I've had a, a very good relationship with food for a long time, I, because of the society that we live in, having a good diet takes effort. It takes making decisions every single day. It takes thinking about like how a food is going to make you feel like everyone wants to eat cookies. That's (coughs) where biologically wired to want cookies it takes an effort to choose a piece of fruit instead i love or to you cook your own food you talk about i'm more of a like a mozzarella stick yeah person it's like <laughs> it, it everybody has their stuff and yeah would you rather eat what you're you know what you love rather than a piece of fish and some rice and bok choy yeah probably <laughs> it's so much easier to order pizza it does it is always going to require an effort to eat healthy it just is yeah, it requires effort to prepare food. I would say like why make it harder? Yeah, you don't want it to, just takes away. Enough. It takes away from other things you could be doing in your life that actually provide value. Like making your nutrition go from good enough to like great or re- that effort, that gap is huge. Yeah. But the the value that you get from from that effort is small. And yeah. in fact, it's going to take away from other aspects of your life like being able to eat with your family or going out for dinner or I don't know well imagine this right like and, and this is just like you don't want nutrition to be the most challenging thing that you do so like imagine it this way if someone says to you hey like you know Alex or whoever what's the most challenging thing you've ever done what are you most proud of imagine your answer to that was like well you should see my diet. It is so hard. It is so hard to stick to my diet. It is so challenging the way that I eat. So probably that. How would that sound if that's what you said to somebody instead of like, well, you know, at age 43, I decided to go back to school and get my graduate degree. That's kind of awesome. That's challenging in like the way that you want to be challenged as a human being. And the reality is for a lot of people, let's say like, you know, going back to school as a graduate degree, um, training for an athletic event, a marathon, Ironman, CrossFit competition, whatever your jam is, that's a great way to challenge yourself. Those things require some level of structure in your life. And for a lot of people, nutrition is like fundamentally like has to be structured in order to, to just like not only fuel those activities to fuel your brain for academics, to fuel your body for sport, but literally to create the time and space that those activities require. Because if you're like, if you're constantly making food decisions, if you're constantly eating out, if you're constantly jumping from hard diet to hard diet, because you don't like how you feel in your body, that's going to take up so much of your time or just in the midst of a hard diet yeah or yeah exactly or if you're just you know i can't eat this or i can't eat that or i don't eat this or i don't eat that because you're following you know vegan keto whatever whole 30 i don't know it's so time consuming for your for your diet to be like the hardest thing in your life and really the what what nutrition should be for most people is the easiest version of nutrition that provides adequate calories, adequate macronutrients that fuels the things that you want to do and keeps you moving down your path towards whatever success you're going for, whether that is um, academic, professional, sporting, whether it is tied to your, um, you know, your physical progress, whether you're trying to make progress there, like whatever it is, it just needs to be the easiest possible thing that can keep you moving forward. Like 
like I had a call with someone the last week about our program and I was like, look, like it's actually, we just tried to make it really easy. Like, like whatever the low hanging fruit is, just pick that one off first and see what happens. Like, don't do anything else. Just like figure out, figure out what is going to have the biggest impact and just make that one single change. Yeah. And leave it alone. Like we, everyone probably listening knows that we, our program is macro based for the most part. And some people find tracking very hard. Some people find prepping food or thinking ahead to what they're going to eat very hard. But it's one of those things that we feel is kind of the biggest bang for your buck. And it does get easier really fast. Yeah. Whereas keto doesn't really get easier. I guess it does, but not as much as macros. And it doesn't provide the flexibility and the balance and the education. It's like, yeah, you're not eating bread or fruit or carbs. Like macros, it's like you're gaining an education. You're gaining balance. You're improving your relationship with food. You're learning how to plan ahead to create structure, which is foundational. So whilst there might be some people thinking like I did, I tried tactic or I tried tracking macros and it was so much, it was so hard. Yeah. It's going to be hard if you're making changes. Changes aren't easy. Yeah. But you, you get that effort is you, it pays off in many different ways. Yeah. Well, I think that the, the value, the real value in macro tracking from my perspective and macro tracking, if you're listening and you're like, you guys keep saying the word macro and I have no idea what you mean. Macro stands for macronutrients, which is protein, carbohydrates, and fat. And it's essentially like the dietary components that make up the calories that you eat. So it's like sort of like calories are like a dollar bill. Macros are coins. And that's the best way to think about it you can end up with a dollar and you just understand the, like when you are using coins, you know where they're coming from. So, um, the real value. And I, I like, I've been thinking about this with, uh, with some folks and I explain it all the time this way. It's not, it's not targeting specific numbers. Um, although most, like most people we work with do have specific numbers that they, they, um, strive towards it's not getting to the end of the day and logging your food and being like, Oh, I hit my numbers. Like that's not it. And if you're logging your food at the end of the day, anyways, like, I'm sorry, you're not logging accurately. So it it doesn't really matter. The value in macro tracking is sitting down the, the morning of, or the day before and asking yourself this question, what am I going to eat today? And then plugging that in. And whether you're, you're bang on your macros or you plug it in and you're like, I'm, I'm off on protein or I'm off on carbs by a little bit and then leaving it, that's fine. Like the value is that it, it builds this habit of literally just thinking about what you're going to eat for the day and doing that first thing in the morning. I think like it's the really different, the difference between logging your macros first thing, first thing in the morning and logging your macros at night. Like think about the, like if, you have two people and one does morning logging and one does evening logging. Who's going to have the best success? Probably the morning logging. Why is that? Because well, what does success look like then? Okay. Close well, just to your moving towards their goals. Yeah. I don't, I don't even care about macro targets. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about success and like a broader picture, mm-hmm. just like moving, like making the progress that people want to make. And the reason is like, you can't, you're asking the wrong question. If you're, if you're, tracking at night you're asking the question what did I eat that's that's not the right question the question is what am I gonna eat and that's tracking in the morning and then also like to get a little more like elevated with the concept tracking macros in the morning and planning your food works as a kind of a visualization exercise because it puts you in it's like you literally you pick up yourself in the morning you pick up morning Alex and you put her at breakfast and then you put her at lunch and then you put her at dinner and you're, you're placing yourself in these scenarios. And if you're good at it, you put yourself at lunch and you go, you know what? I know I have a work lunch today. I know I'm eating out with my colleagues. What am I going to order at this restaurant? So you're, you're putting yourself in that scenario. You're front loading the decision. And then when you actually are in that scenario, you're like, you sit down, you're like, I already know what I'm going to order because I already did this exercise. I don't even have to look at the menu. So you're, you remove the decision-making 
you kind of like you you groom the decision by making it earlier in the day versus when you're in the moment you're more susceptible to making decisions based on hunger or based on what your friends are ordering or just based on emotions or whatever it is it's all about what question you ask and that's that's the real value of macro tracking it's not being on target it's not having perfect macros i see tons of people with perfect macros not making progress why is that because i look at their logs the night before and they're empty yeah and here's the thing is I look at most of my people's logs the night before. Yeah. And like, and most of my people now don't log at night because I'll be like, oh, I checked your logs last night and they were empty. And they're like, oh, I logged first thing this morning. I'm like, oh, you did? Why did you do that? No. And I'll usually say, yeah, hey, so um, how would you feel about logging at the beginning of the day? How would, yeah. and <laughs> it, we, you know, we, we tread lightly, but um, it certainly is not, productive to log at the end of the day. I think if you start, if you get to a point where you've been tracking for one year or two years, or for some people, five years, and you're logging at the end of the day, because you're eating the same thing every day and you hit your macros, that's probably a pretty good sign that you don't have to track anymore. Exactly. If you're logging at the end of the day, at the beginning of the program, then, um, you, you need to probably change when you, you track. I'm going to add to your logging at the beginning of the day with the targets. Like the targets are a guideline. So if, if we give you, if we don't give you any targets, yeah, you can log ahead and start thinking most people know what healthy is or better decisions for that align with their goals. If you want to use weight, lose weight, probably don't stop at McDonald's on the way home from dinner because you know that that's high in calories and a low quality food, maybe plan ahead and be like, Hey, we're going to have rice and, and fish and salad tonight for dinner. And I have groceries from yesterday cause I was yeah. thinking far enough ahead. And so people know, I think macros provide a guideline um, and an education. Cause I can say, Hey, I'm going to want you to hit around 20, 120 calories or 120 grams of protein every day. And then they log their food and they're like, Holy, Holy moly. I am eating 50 grams of protein yeah. each day. Yeah, yeah. I need to, you know, fix that. And, and then, you know, we talk about what protein sources are and then we start saying, okay, well, how about breakfast? What do you think a higher protein source would work for you? What, what kind of higher protein source would work for you? And so that's the value of coaching, but it, you can also do that on your own. And you can see, and you can Google high protein breakfasts or what sources are, what protein sources, what are protein sources? Yeah. What are good examples of protein sources on Google and start there. And, and again, it's thinking ahead. What can I eat tomorrow <laughs> to get me closer to my goals? Yeah. Whether that's a very acute macro goal, a uh, protein goal, carb goal, calorie goal, whatever it may be, or my goal generally to build muscle, to mm -hmm. be healthy, to be resilient, to eat healthier, whatever that may be. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into meal plans, but I'll just say one thing, like macros are a great way to kind of build your own meal plan that works for your life. Yeah. You don't like broccoli. Great. Don't eat it. You don't Not like fish. <laughs> great. Don't eat it. Yeah. But a, a meal plan doesn't teach you this stuff. No. It's, it's again, it's a very, very, very short term solution to a, a bigger picture problem. Yeah. And anytime somebody says, Hey, do you do meal plans? It's an immediate no. There's a very, no. there's a very minimal time and place for a meal plan. And the <clears throat> only time I give out a meal plan, I don't even call it a meal plan. It's like, here's what your day should look like. And I use the foods that they like in their logs and I build them a day and then they can use that as a rough guideline. But that's after many, many conversations of, of us working together for yeah. that. Um, meal plans don't work. We don't do them. Don't ask. That's just don't. a heads up. Yeah. We, we said we, teach a man to fish we don't catch a fish and give it to you that was whatever that so <laughs> bad that was not even close teach catch a fish and the man nope. eats for a day teach a man to fish and he eats for a lifetime okay that was that was closer you screwed up the first one yeah Just i know give a man a fish give a man a fish he eats for a day teach a man <laughs> to fish he eats for a lifetime yeah alex parker not a big bible reader um, is that from the bible it's i think it is a psalm 27 parentheses two psalm like it hot psalm <laughs> i i'm not i'm not a bible person at all um oh you know what let's see here let's see i believe it's a maybe a parable i don't know you know what it's not important i'm not even gonna like bother looking that up 
it's a great it's a great phrase and it sums up exactly why we don't do meal plans that's all there is to know (sighs) moving on yeah so the next thing that we were going to talk about really quickly and i guess we've kind of already touched on it briefly was how to um kind of like get out of your own way and so um a lot of people and again this is more often than not newer clients but people who like repeatedly struggle so they're like you know, on the bus, off the bus, on the program, off the program, all or nothing. Like, I, I guess that's kind of people want to like label themselves. People say all the time, well, I'm, I'm all or nothing. I have an all or nothing mindset. And immediately I'm like, do you, do you have an all, like, is it, does this show up in other areas or is it just nutrition? Like in fitness, usually those two are kind of like married in an all or nothing mindset. I'm like, do you like, do you skip entire weeks at work? Are you compulsive like that? Do you, do you not, you know, pay your bills? Do you speed or not drive at all? Yeah. I'm either going a hundred or I'm walking. (laughs) Usually. So when I, when people say it's all or nothing, like there's a bit of, I believe, I believe people use it as an excuse sometimes. But what I think happens more often than not is they're just, they're trying too hard. Whatever they're trying to do is too hard. And we made a post about this uh, last week about how I believe that there are certain behaviors and things that you see other people doing. And you, so you think to yourself, I should be able to do that because, well, my friend does it or my sister does it and they don't struggle. So I'm clearly just not trying hard enough. And that's kind of the mindset. I'm just going to try harder at this time to do this thing that I keep failing at doing. When really like the answer and the solution is to try less hard. Don't try harder to try Like try, try the easier thing. Try something that seems so easy. You're like, this is ridiculous. This is stupid. This is a waste of my time. It's too easy. It's not going to work. It's like, it's, it's hard for me to say to a client Hey, um, why don't we focus on just like having a glass of water in the morning? And I'm sure the person on the other end is like, I'm not a kindergarten kid, you (laughs) know, like I can do this, but honestly, like that's the way you have to do it. As silly as it sounds to be talking to an adult and being like, what are you 10 out of 10 confident that you can do? Yeah. Yeah. And for a lot of people, that's something really, really easy. And that's where you need to start. Yeah. That's like, I, I, I can have a glass of water in the morning. I'm 10 out of 10 confident. And you know what? Some people still can't do that. And that's yeah. okay. Uh-huh. I mean, here's the thing, right? You wouldn't hand uh, a first grader a pen and say, in perfect handwriting, I want you to write a sentence. <laughs> you wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't. You wouldn't even hand them a crayon and say, look, you got the whole sidewalk, buddy. You write, you make some letters and you make sure I can read them and understand them. Why? Like, because they, they haven't learned. Like there's a tracing paper stage. There's a, a stage where here's how we learn letters. Here's a blank piece of paper. Here's some tracing paper. Trace the letters. That's how you learn how to write. And the thing is like, you're at that age for most people, what you're like five, six. I don't know what, I don't know kids age when do they write i don't know let's call it five or six you start four. writing four yeah whatever i don't, I don't know, know. Um, no it's got to be like three and a half three and a half all right <laughs> whatever some between age three and ten you learn to write i think parents refer to that as 36 months <laughs> how old's your kid my kid is 72 months <laughs> okay my kid when do is you stop calling your kids by their age in months <laughs> 384 months <laughs> that's a legitimate question i don't know i feel like it happens for like is it when you turn three you 30 30 months that's when you is it three i don't know i don't know if there's it depends on the parent maybe i'm 408 months (laughs) are you i am nice yeah so yay me um Um, i'm gonna lay on the floor and take a picture yeah okay so three or four yeah you're tracing you're tracing you're tracing letters and that's how kids learn and kids learn the same you know, rudimentary math skills, uh, language skills, reading, it's all very, 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 very basic. But the thing about like eating 
there are people who make it all like well into adulthood and have never been taught how to eat. It's no one's fault. It's, it's just something that happens because the parents, because it's not really taught in school, because there are so many freaking fast food restaurants that are just getting progressively larger with their portion sizes. There are, are a number of reasons why a person might get into adulthood and have absolutely no idea how they should be eating for their health. Like they're drawing on the paper because they still need to eat. But, but they it's aren't just gibberish. It's just, just scribbles. Just complete crap. And again, no one's fault. But there, there's this expectation because as an adult, you have a fully formed brain. You can understand what you don't know. You can understand and look like, well, this person, they're eating different things. So how hard can it possibly be? Game meal prep. Yeah. It's like, look, it's like, it's just putting food in containers. Like, how hard is that? But they like, they're not, they don't allow themselves to like, to learn, which is what they need to do. Because like, just because someone over here is making perfectly prepped meals and not struggling at all, doesn't mean that you who never learned how to eat in a balanced way can do that because that's going to, it's going to be too hard. And maybe you do it for, you can manage to kind of mimic that behavior for a period of time, but it's going to be 10 out of 10 hard. And like, you cannot sustain that level of difficulty. You can't like it's, we're talking about behavioral RPE, which is just RPE is rate of perceived exertion. It's a phrase used in exercise all the time. When you're an athlete and you're operating, you're up at that nine, 10, like super high effort. You can't, that's not sustainable. It's not, you're above like critical power. It's, there's a finite period of time where you can sustain that activity. And then you're going to have to at least come down to like six, probably more like two, three, you got to like completely rest to be able to do that again. And that's well known. But from a behavioral standpoint, people think, you know what? I'm just going to try really hard and then somehow sustain they're it. They're like 11. Yeah. Like they're just going to like, they're going to go 10 out of 10 and it's just going to get easier for, they're just going to defy like the laws of behavior when you just got to figure out what's like five to six. And that might, again, it, it might seem like just like crazy simple. But you have to start there. You have to start there. And then when five to six, you're like, this is easy. And it becomes like two to four. Now you're like, hey, what's five to six now? And you kind of like climb up the ladder a little Mm -hmm. bit. And then you stay there. And again, it might seem like this is not going to be effective. This is way too easy. But you stay there. And then that second rung on the ladder, that becomes a two to four. So you climb up to the next rung. And all all you're doing is working your way up. And you're building confidence that you can complete even basic tasks and stick to them because they're within like the window they're within the range of essentially indefinitely sustainable five to six is is well like really a little bit lower but five to six is pretty sustainable and you're building competence uh you're building repetition you're building confidence like well the phrase this i don't this is too simple is this even working or how is this even going to work there's no other option yeah there's there's no other avenue like if it's too hard you're not going to do it if it's too easy and it's not going to work what else is there you have to start it easy you have to start at the bottom rung to get to the top if you keep jumping for the top rung you're going to keep failing like there's no there's no other way than starting where you're at and moving forward like trying to jump ahead and you're just going to keep you're wasting time Cause you're going to keep falling back to the bottom. Like even if it's not working, even if it's not physical progress, you are, you are learning. It's like tracing a, tracing a letter. Isn't <laughs> you're not, you're, I can't, how am I going to write the sentence tomorrow? I have to write a book next week. Yeah. It's like, well, no, no, what you're going to do is you're going to trace the letter a, you're either going to do this now and write a book in two years, or you're never going to write a book. Yeah. There's only one way to do this. Like buckle up for the long haul or just don't do it at all. And just that there's no other option. It's so tricky to (laughs) explain that. It's like it's if the end goal, let's go back to the ice cube here, for example. If the end goal is to be water vapor and to evaporate, you can't skip over the part where you're water, like you're you're Mm -hmm. melted. Yeah. We don't get to sublimate. 
Yeah. We're not dry ice. We are H2O ice cube. You have to melt before you can evaporate. People just want to like, they want to go from ice cube to water vapor. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. And stop trying to make it work that way. Because you're just wasting time. It's time wasted. Yeah. Every time you try to skip ahead and just say, I'm going to keep trying and trying and trying is and not even realizing the failure. And I'm, I don't like the word failure. It, but it is a good word. It's not a failure. Like you're never going to have success. It's like you do. It's like, okay, this didn't work. Let's learn from it. And that's the whole point of that's what, like that's what failure makes, is good. Yeah. That's what makes failing valuable is because you fail, you do this really hard thing and you fail. And really what your brain should do at that point is go, I just failed at this really hard thing. I'm going to try something not so hard. Or next time. this thing that in my mind should be easy. I don't care. It's subjective. It, it, it's all subjective. If it's hard for you, if it's easy for you, if you didn't do it, you need something that is easier. Yeah, exactly. There's no other way around it. No, no. Trying harder, not the answer. Trying easier, usually the answer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to try harder. I hate when people say that. I'm like, don't, don't try harder. You can't. What unfortunately happens with some people, I'm not going to say everyone, our, our program is very much based on, on communication, which is great because you can say, what are your sticking points? And most people will say, I'm really struggling with this. And then you can troubleshoot and try to make it easier back away. What ends up happening with certain people, which is kind of leading us down the path of this podcast is you get the, I can't do this. It's not going to work for me. Please cancel my membership. They don't even uh, try to, to tell you what they're struggling with or they're not texting you back. Yeah. There's probably like an embarrassment. There's probably a feeling of, okay, this is, this has happened to me before it's happening again. I should quit before I get too far in, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. And we, we try to avoid that as much as humanly possible, but um, it's really hard to kind of break down a wall of somebody who just is like, I can't do this. I'm done when you can do it. You just can't do what you think you should be able to do right away. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, um, I mean, there's, Pete, you probably experience this in life all the time, or at least like I have, and I'm, I've gotten really good at kind of seeing it, but like mountain biking for me is a really good example of this. Like <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, we, you and I went on a, a ride and it ended with this like very steep kind of, I don't know what you call that, a shoot drop at the end. And you had to take a really like very narrow line on like off to the side. It was really only one line to take. Very sketchy, very high consequence if you don't make it. Last year, absolutely not. I would have taken the ride around. I probably would have walked down the ride around. Like I wouldn't even thought about it. Nope, not going to happen. I probably would have said, take the ride around. Yeah, because <laughs> I knew I wasn't good for it. And I didn't like I wouldn't walk up to that that like drop like double black kind of line and be like, well, I can't do it. I'm going to quit. <laughs> All I did was like, you know what? Not today. I'm going to take I'm going to do the ride around and then I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep riding. I'm going to keep doing things that are within my abilities. I'm going to selectively push outside of my comfort zone. I'm not going to be reckless, but I'm going to selectively do things that are like more difficult to build some confidence, build confidence with drops, build confidence with features, build confidence on my bike with different pos like positions. And then a couple weeks ago, we go do that drop and I rode up to it and I stopped because I was like, I looked at it and I was like, that's pretty high consequence. That's pretty steep. And um, I think you said, you can do that. And in my mind, I, I had already kind of like, I can do that. And I had, I like, figured out the line so I, I walk back up the trail and I get on my bike. And at this point, my heart rate was like high, but I was like, you know what? You can do this. So I got my feet on the pedals, um, got in position, took off and did it. And I thought to my, like, and we talked about it, but I was like that, that a year ago, I wouldn't have even thought about doing that. And look at what repetition and practice and being methodical with the way that you practice and patience and patient, um, but not just being patient and waiting, right? Mm -hmm. Because patience is not waiting around. Patience is what you do what, like while things are taking longer than you wish they were. 
And I, I wish I could just double black everything. I wish I was that writer, but I'm not. But I'm also not going to sit on my hands and pout about not being a double black writer. I'm just going to try to go out every day and like get a little bit better. And look what happens when you do. And you don't have any expectations of like, I'm just going to go hammer these double black lines. But one comes up and it's like, yeah, I think I got that. And I do. Yeah, it's the same for me with jumps. Like, do I want to be a person who can hit every single jump on a trail? Absolutely. That is my goal. I often think when I'm writing down, I wish I was better because this would be more fun because I would be able to hit these jumps in it or hit them in a non-sketchy way. But instead of just like pouting and like selling my mountain bike or just being annoyed by it and keep trying to hit jumps when it's sketchy, uh, we went to a jumps session, like paid for a coach to teach me how to do it. And then obviously you're not going to learn in three hours. So then now every time I'm on a jump track or any sort of track where I'm thinking about the, the skills and the tools that that coach provided to me. And every time I go off a jump, it's like, okay, that one felt really good. What did I do different? How did I have success there? Okay. That was a really sketchy jump. What did I just revert back <laughs> to? And that's kind of like you, a really good metaphor for nutrition. Yeah. It's, it's like in a different way. It's, it's, thinking back, why didn't get that go well? Why, why did that go well? Yeah. It's recognizing like, what did I do well there so that I can repeat it so that in my brain, and that's part of what learning is. Yeah. Yeah. It's being able to, to self-assess. Yeah. That's super important. Yeah. But, um, anyways, I think that's a good place to wrap up for today. And, um, thanks for dealing with us while we went on a little unplanned podcast sabbatical. Um, we are getting married in less than two weeks, so maybe we'll do another one before then, but no promises. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening as always. We hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, please share it with your friends, um, like it, subscribe to us. And, um, when we, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you again when we're back on. Okay. Goodbye.